Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 88 O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am desperate. Your wrath has swept over me, Your dread assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. From all sides they close in on me. You've caused friend and neighbor to shun me. My companions are in darkness. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember now, O Lord, I implore you, how I have walked before you in faithfulness with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, Prince of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of your ancestor David. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Indeed, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own sake and for for my servant David's sake. Then Isaiah said, Bring a lump of figs. Let them take it and apply it to the boil so that he may recover. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. The shadow is now advanced ten intervals. Shall it retreat ten intervals? Hezekiah answered, It is normal for the shadow to lengthen ten intervals. Rather, let the shadow retreat ten intervals. The prophet Isaiah cried to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back the ten intervals, 
by which the sun had declined on the dial of Ahaz. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, You faithful, faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, please have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps his boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, That kind can only come out through prayer. Good morning, and welcome to the fifth Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning... Uh, our readings come to us from Psalm 88, 2 Kings 20, and Mark 9, and um, it's these twin stories of um, hopeful uh, prayer, but prayer against the odds. Um, in the one, Hezekiah, who's who with Josiah is one of the two uh, kind of best known and most liked kings of the divided kingdom. Um, and he's getting out on an age, and he's facing death, and Isaiah comes to him and says, look, put your things in order, because you're not going to recover from this illness you have. And Hezekiah cries out and weeps bitterly, and um, Isaiah is told by God to turn around and give Hezekiah better news, that he's going to give him another 15 years. Um, and the... Uh, the gospel story is from uh, is a healing story, and apparently the apostles had already tried to exorcise a demon from this boy who had this um, convulsive spirit, and they can't do it. Apparently, they weren't praying. Um, the last line of uh, the selection is, "This kind can come out only through prayer," and so. Whatever it was they were doing um, was not prayer. And whatever Jesus did, the implication is, was prayer. Um, and the, the prayer, and 
you know, f- I'm sure, I don't know, I, I, I'm fairly confident that it's pretty much the Kool-Aid that, you know, the prayer is supposed to be, you know, hands folded, eyes closed. And, you know, we even tell our kids that sometimes, usually if there's other people, um, just to kind of, you know, it's a, it's a performative thing. Like we are a part of the group and, you know, we don't want to stand out or whatever. It's for them, not necessarily for us, because we tell our girls, like, look, that's, you know, you don't have to pray that way, um, but this is the way we pray in church, um, or this is the way we pray with friends or whatever. And um, I point that out um, because uh, Jesus' prayer is not, you know, supple and, and quiet and meek and mild. He's exasperated with them. He he, his first words are, you faithless generation, how much longer do I have to be among you? <laughs> so he's sick and tired of getting of something, you know, getting asked to do these things of the apostles not being able to, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. He's sick and tired of something. And, you know, it's almost like this, okay, bring them to me, fine, whatever, let's just do it. And sure enough, he does it. I mean, if you... If you're a pragmatist, like, he gets it done. It doesn't matter what his, you know, emotional state is. He gets it done. And I'm sure the parents, regardless of what kind of, you know, faith they have, um, they're grateful that their child was healed. Um, but if if you're the kind of person that thinks that, you know, these things are supposed to be done in a certain way, I'm very sorry, but Jesus um, has something to say to that. And it's, don't get your hopes up about you know, me adhering to your expectations. Um, And this is important for grunts and for soldiers because we, in my experience, um, I know I personally, in the conversation I've had with other veterans that I find myself remaining in touch with, um, that this expectation on civilians' parts in particular, but not exclusively, um, you know, to be kind of, um, you know, showy and, uh, meek and mild and kind of Victorian era, uh, you know, cleanliness and godliness and, you know, looking up to heaven kind of stuff um, that can be kind of, it can be difficult to put up with um, because th- one thing that the military has a tendency to do is to connect uh, people with, you know, just kind of earthy realities, like some things are important and some things are not. Um, and the things that are important to people uh, who serve others and who do so through great trials and tribulations, the things that are important to them are very different from the kind of people who don't experience the same kind of difficulties and um, you know uh, challenges. Um, and so that's I don't know I always find it important to point out when Jesus is being a little gruff um, and that it you know because it's okay. Not everybody has to have you know, their best day every day. Sometimes days suck, and sometimes you don't want to hang out with people. Um, but that doesn't mean that you take it out on others. It doesn't mean that you, um, you know, abandon your your spiritual and practical responsibilities. Um, but it also means that you can be mad. This is one thing that we also tell our, our kids. You can be mad all you want, um, you know, as long as you don't hurt someone and hopefully as long as you get the job done. Um, whatever it is that you're tasked with, 
you can be mad, sad, happy, glad, you know, whatever, um, as long as, you know, the mission is accomplished. Um, and here, that's precisely what happens. In the one story, we have Hezekiah, we, you know, crying his eyes out because he's going to have to say goodbye to the world that he knows. Um, and God hears that. God changes God's mind. That's another thing. I can't stand the theologies that say that God is unchanging and that, you know, God is the unmovable mover or some shit. Like, that's clearly not true. It happens over and over and over again that God is swayed by uh, a change of heart. Um, and uh, Hezekiah weeps. Jesus is a little perturbed. Um, but they both uh, know how to pray. And they do it despite whatever emotional state they might be in. That that emotional state might affect and influence, you know, kind of the the the, the peculiarities of that prayer. But it's still prayer. And whatever the apostles were were trying wasn't prayer. Maybe they saw it as, you know, some kind of formula that, you know, okay, we listen to the words that Jesus says and we say it. Oh, maybe we say it with more gusto or volume. Like, no, it's something that comes from inside. Um, and that inside is both, you know, produces both sadness, like Hezekiah, but also frustration, like Jesus. Um, it's a reminder to really allow ourselves to feel what we are feeling, that there's something disingenuous, there's something falling short when we pray, quote-unquote, scare quotes, uh, when we pray without feeling, without meaning, without emotion. That's what I suspect has happened with the apostles. They saw a problem, they tried to fix it. It wasn't their problem, it was somebody else's problem, there's some emotional distance. Jesus comes in and sees it as his problem. And he's kind of sick of these problems, but it's his problem. He takes emotional ownership of it. He prays properly, um, and then he, you know, he carries on with uh, what he was doing. But he accepted that as his problem. He uh, absorbed the the anxiety and the concern and and the you know the the peckishness of of the crowds, and it was his. It belonged to him. He took ownership of it. But that didn't prevent him from um, enacting his faith and doing the thing um, that he came to do and be the person that he was on this earth to be. A prayer in times of conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness, and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. 
prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.